0: Did you know that the first EGX took place at the Old Truman Brewery in London as part of the London Games Festival in 2008 and was attended by 4,000 people? You're listening to the Xbox Hub Podcast, the official podcast of the XboxHub.com. For the latest Xbox news, reviews, videos, and opinions, make sure you visit thexboxhub.com. But for now, settle down, get comfy, and open your ears for some podcast delights. Hello, and welcome to the Xbox Hub official podcast, episode number 99. My name's Gareth Briney. I'm your host. Um, I've got no one on my virtual left. I've got no one on my virtual right, no one on my virtual opposite. I'm on my own. Um, What was meant to happen this week? It was meant to be at um, EGX, myself and Richard Dobson, a few others doing a live podcast from them, but I couldn't go due to unforeseen circumstances. So, what are we going to do? Well, the good news is Richard Dobson, our elite reporter at the scene, was there and I spoke to him earlier all about it. Hello, Richard. How are you?
1: Hello. Coming to you live from uh, EGX
0: 2021. This is great, isn't it? This is like a this is like this feels like professional. It feels like we're doing satellite <laughs> links, like the Olympics does, or something.
1: There's a little bit.
0: i um, sorry, Rich. I couldn't be there, um, but things took a turn. But so you've no been worries. you've been there now on all day Thursday, yes, and Friday today. Um,
1: uh, yeah, unfortunately, I'm not here at the weekend, so I've, I've crammed everything into those, those one-and-a-half days so far.
0: And now, where have you, where are you recording now? Where are you talking to me from?
1: I am in the main corridor, bit that runs through the middle, but I'm nearer the entrance where the DLR station is.
2: Because oh, okay. a lot of
1: people coming in now are coming in through different entrances, like from the coach entrance and further down. So this is actually the quiet area.
0: Right. Um, let's just talk first of all about egx Does it feel um, busy? Is it a busy atmosphere? Is it busy than normal?
1: Uh, no. I mean, this is my first one. Hmm. But from from hearing what other people have been saying, it's absolutely dead in comparison. Oh, really? I think I was queuing 10 minutes <gasps> before I got in. Wow. Uh, which, yeah, a lot of people in the queue were like, it's never like this, it's never like that. Um, I've not really had to wait any period of time to to play a game and but to be honest I think it's much better this way people some people have been saying it's you know it's not the same literally crammed into a into a massive hall full of people that you can't move and stuff like that but no this this for me is ideal
0: yeah it sounds like heaven yeah (laughs) I mean because it is normally you are queuing in that big kind of like uh um, long queue. I was, mean, you know, and when we we get press passes, don't we? I mean, even with press passes, you get a bit of a clearer view um, avenue through. It's normally been forty minutes, forty five minute waiting. Oh, Richard, what's that? A plane?
1: <laughs> that, that is a plane.
0: Ah, oh, great! This is really exciting. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
1: That's is, proof that I'm definitely here.
0: This, are you in the building? Is it this yeah. plane in there? <laughs> That's
1: me. I'm not stood next to the runway as it might sound like, but I am in the building
0: and um, i'm going to ask you we're going to get onto to games a second where are you are you enjoying this bit of london it's a strange bit of london because i'm a londoner um and you're and you're at the excel which was the one well, in the nightingale Hostel for a while during covid oh right okay. yeah and now excel is in this kind of strange little area that's kind of a new build um in the docklands of, of london and you're staying now there aren't you so are you having a good time
1: yeah, my, my hotel's only a 10-minute walk from here and, and this is the first time I've, I've been to this part of London. And uh, I went to to Greenwich last night, which I'd never been to before, but it's it's a side of London that I appreciate a lot more and it's given me a new insight into to London. Previously, um, <laughs> us, us and others in the, the Xbox sub have expressed our dislike for, for London. God, but yeah. no, this... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but this area of London is is a lot better. Yeah, it's not it's not full of the hustle and bustle that you get in the the central areas, and everything just seems it almost seems a little bit more relaxed. It's still it's still a bizarre concept to me that uh places are open late and there's still masses of people walking the streets at mm. eight nine o'clock in the evening. That that's a bizarre concept to me.
0: But... <laughs> is that really is that true? Is, that, is it just goes quiet where you are at night?
1: In, in Leeds, yeah. yeah so, um, not really, you don't really get that much. Right. Um, I mean, obviously, where you've got bars and restaurants and stuff in, in, in a few of like, the little towns on the outskirts, you get that. But no, it just seemed. Every, everywhere I looked, there were still people milling about, and even at the the river and and Sark, it was still mm. quite busy there. There's another plane coming that way. Yeah, okay. That's
0: just to show this all, this all. See if we can all guess what the plane is. <laughs> that's a that's a Boeing seven four seven going to Kuala Lumpur. I guess I'm guessing oh, that sounds nice. Sounds yeah. nice. Whatever. Um, Richard, what what are you? What should we go through? What you've been doing? What have you seen? Yeah,
1: like, Mr. EGX. Yeah. Um so there's not that many new games here this time around from from what I have seen. But um certainly there's a, there's a few boons. So I started the day off at, um started the day off yesterday at Super Rare games who uh primarily deal with Switch games but they'll They'll take an existing game that's been released digitally, and then do a small run of physical copies. Um, and they had a couple of games to play there. They had one called Grapple Dog, which is currently Steam only, I think. But we were then they had a competition there that we were playing on the Switch. So I don't think it's it's out of the realms of possibility they will get ported to this to the Switch. Right. Um, that is. That was a a 2D platformer um, where you play as a a dog that's got a grapple hook. (laughs) (laughs) It's where the name grapple dog comes from, I suppose. But that was really good. So they were running a competition on that um, to a a time trial, basically. And speaking to a couple of the guys there, they said they'd been running it on Steam for a couple of weeks and it had gotten really intense. And I think the best time was one minute one under one and a half minutes under 90 seconds and uh some of the times that we were achieving in on the booth were closer to three minutes so there's there's people out there that seem to be taking this a lot more seriously
0: right okay um
1: i think i think the prize for that is you get a a statue of yourself in the final release wow that's good that's great yeah see why people are taking it so seriously yeah um but that looks a lot of fun um Really, really simple concepts, but some of the level designs that they've come up with, even in this one level that we got to see, were really impressive. And, and they were saying, you know, they've seen things that even they couldn't comprehend seeing. So I think that's exciting.
0: Good. That sounds they good, also like. had
1: one there called Unrailed, which is a, yeah, that's how they've released that as a, one of their limited edition physical copies already. That is essentially overwatch with the trains so you're having to build the track that this train keeps moving down working as a team and um yeah i played i played that as a single player but it's up to four players co-op um and actually the, the ai companion that i was given for that was actually really helpful which
0: so what I mean, are you doing you're just building tracks as a train for you yeah so, through
1: You have to mine mine stone and chop down wood and and sort of use this train to then uh they they put the you put the materials on the train and then it'll automatically build these tracks for you Uh then you need to take the tracks off and build them but um the train catches fire so you need to put stuff put stuff out with water and stuff and is it there's an endless mode that they were they were saying so as as the level progresses it's also um like an isometric point of view if you leave your materials behind, you can't go back for them as the train moves along. So, this, they were saying that the people were leaving axes and uh, their their bucket for the water behind. And as they were doing that, they then had no tools to sort of make make new materials.
0: Right. Wow. And wh- and where is that coming? Where, where, is that coming to console? Uh,
1: no, that's on. That was on Switch, I believe. That's right. out now. Unrailed, okay. So yeah, they they had two games. They've also got some stuff for sale, some of their limited edition copies. So I'm tempted to to go back to them towards the end of the day and pick some of that off. Oh,
0: good. Have you got a spending limit?
1: I didn't put a spending limit on because I knew I'd only disappoint myself.
0: (laughs) Good. Good, that's super rare. I like that. Unrailed and Dog Wrangler. No, Dog Grappler. Grappler dog. dog, sorry. <laughs> dog grappler is a whole different game. <laughs>
1: <Yeah. laughs> That'd be the sequel. Yeah. Um, so yeah, then they had a little booth there. Team Seventeen are here as well. They've got a, a much bigger presence. They had uh, quite a few games on on offer actually. Some some that had already come out, such as Overcooked and Moving Out, were here with with plenty of people milling around those. But after. After my experience with Overcuts during lockdown, I never want to touch that game again. (laughs) Um, But I did play there. They had a game called Funny, I Joined a Cult, which Ah. uh, I think is PC only at the moment, but I have put a word in for them to to release it on consoles because that's brilliant fun. It's basically like an old-school strategy sim builder, like your theme parks or your theme hospitals. Um, but you're building uh, a cult to 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 get people in, and I don't think it uses the term brainwash, but that's essentially what you're trying to do with these people. Um, but you then need to make sure that their needs are met. So there's a, there's this Sim Builder element to it, but there's also it's also got like the the, uh, the bars, you know, from from the Sims, where you keep your hunger and your bladder bars topped up top and yeah. stuff like that.
0: And it's not, I'm getting confused. Is it it in the uh, prison architecture sort of template or. um... Yes.
1: Oh, it is. is. Okay.
0: I do know. Yeah. Okay. Great.
1: Um, So, yeah, it's that sort of similar thing, but that has a really really good sense of humor to it and even in the tutorial i was playing i was i was chuckling away at some of the stuff that were being brought up so <laughs> that's coming to console
0: they're just saying i would uh, hope so yeah i can't see i mean they've got quite that those games are really popular aren't they on console yeah. those, um i can't remember i can't remember the other ones uh it's a walking dead one isn't it yeah so they're gonna that would come yeah that's good, yeah. That's fun. I heard a lot of big... There's a lot of people really excited about that on PC. I've heard a lot of people streaming that as well, so yeah. You enjoyed yeah, that?
1: Good fun is that one. They've also got um, a game called Thymesia, which is their first Souls-like game that was here as well. It's done by, uh, I think, a Taiwanese developer and they're they're publishing it on, on Steam, um, which... I had a quick go of, and it's it's the same thing with any any Souls like game. You, you you rubbish the first time you play it, but then I did manage to, I did manage to finish the demo. Thankfully, I got to the the first boss, which is way overpowered and it's designed to kill you. And then it said, "Oh, thanks for playing the demo." So I was pleased I managed to get to the end of it. Yeah, that has um an unusual thing. So we would we were told beforehand that you that you need patience with this game. Which, which I then I then tried to do, but it never, never works that way. Um, the, the, so you'll, you'll attack an enemy, and then as you sort of deplete their health bar, this blue portion of their health bar will appear, and this is almost like an area where they can heal up if you don't keep attacking them. Wow. So you've then got another ability where you can... I can't remember the exact exact phrase for it but if that if you attack them with a different attack um you can wipe away that blue bar and that becomes then your mana okay to, to do magic and stuff which was which was unusual but it was sort of I felt it was going against the whole have patience with this game because it was like you, if you didn't attack them then their health would just keep regenerating this blue bit right so
0: complicated, it it,
1: hard, yeah. It was, yeah, did well, hard. Um, but I, but I enjoyed it. I think I, I think I would do better in that game than I would do in, in actual Dark Souls <laughs> with a bit of practice.
0: Um, and is that coming to console
1: again? I've put a good word in. Um, <laughs> they've, they've sort of said, you know, it's like anything else nowadays, it's just easier to put it on Steam first and yeah, then, yeah, then work on consoles later. So, I think. I think I wouldn't expect to see it on consoles at some point. It's but it's coming to Steam. I think on the eighth of December, so that's in the final stages we, now. And then
0: we sort of next year. We review games, don't we? That have been on Steam for two or three years before they come over. It feels yeah. like yeah, it, it's a good little testing point, isn't it? Um, some games that we review on Steam. Think how did they get? How did it work on Steam for two years? <laughs>
1: The producer the producer was really, really open about saying, you know, it's just there's far fewer hoops to jump through on Steam. Yeah. And anything that you submit to, to consoles has to go through their QA and stuff, right. which I guess sometimes we take for granted when it's like, oh, why don't you just put this on console? Yeah,
0: yeah. No, it's a, exactly. There's all sorts of problems. Remember, there's a few games going into the wrong place. We've had a few games that have gone into a sort of – it's been classed as an app. On the Microsoft console instead of a Yeah, yeah, You know, it's a nightmare. Um, great, that's good. Any more from Teen Seventeen?
1: Uh there was one more that I quickly played called Batara Last Haven, which reminded me a lot of Immortals Phoenix Rising. Oh. Um, but specifically one of the DLCs. So I don't know if you remember that uh they had a like a, a top down DLC that was like a dungeon crawler.
0: Oh, that's right, yeah.
1: It reminded me a lot of that, like that. So you would, you were traveling through this world, and then you had you jump through this portal, and then you were tasked with completing a puzzle that involved rolling a ball around and physics and stuff. And as much as I enjoyed Immortals: Phoenix Rise, and I'm I'm not wanting to play another game like that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Fair enough.
1: Good. Okay, very frustrating.
0: Is that coming to console? That's all I thought I it. asked. It's all my question Is that coming to console? I, be-
1: I believe that is coming oh. to console. I couldn't get a definite answer from a couple of people that I asked at the booth um, but yeah I played I played with a controller right which might not guarantee it but it sounds promising
0: good good what what's where are you taking me next on this kind of joy around ride <laughs> ETX I like it
1: next uh, there was a booth for chorus worldwide that are publishing a few games next year um they announced a lot of stuff earlier this week and uh some of it was playable here for the first time. Uh so one of those was ROM Read Only Memory NeuroDiver, which is a sequel to twenty sixty four Read Only Memories that came out a year or two ago. Uh, oh, yeah, that rings about Yeah, we it was it was on Xbox and this one's coming to, to consoles as well. Which so I played a bit of that, which was like um, it's like a cyberpunk narrative. But then, in this in this demo, uh, I had to help out someone that had forgotten their login password, and uh, then you you basically attach a Cthulhu-like uh, alien to their arm, and it and it dives into their memories and sorts sort of tries to trigger. What their password was, which I think was just—I think was like the intro to this game, but I, I imagine it goes a lot deeper than trying to help people remember mm. lost passwords.
0: <laughs> I need someone to tell me my passwords. That's all yeah. I get it it, it just yeah. Sounds
1: quite useful. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: but that—that's that looked good. I think it was um, quite a pixel art game. Um, but yeah, I think I can say it's a sequel, but I'm. I, Having played that, I'm more interested in finding out what the original was like. Mm. Um, and then also there, I played the, I, I think again, it's the, it was the intro to Coffee Talk episode two.
0: Oh, you love Coffee Talk, don't you? I, I do. Sure. So yeah. I was really
1: excited to hear that this one was here, because um, it got announced a few months ago that it was they were doing a sequel, but this was the first time, the, the Wednesday, it got announced for coming to consoles. And they said it was going to be here this week, so I made sure I, I played that. Um, and that was just like getting back together with old friends, basically. Mm. Um, opens up with with a returning character, um, and then introduces a couple more. But it's it's how these these characters. So the, the character it introduced was a human, um, and then it brought a, a satyr in, which I think is a human crossed with a goat. And then there was um, a, a female banshee that all come into this like alternate universe Seattle coffee house. <laughs> and it does sound utterly bizarre, but the the, the the conversations that they have with each other are just like the most human conversations ever. So, um,
0: and uh, is it, it the first game was just people coming into a coffee shop, wasn't it? It wasn't, it didn't go yeah, into the strange just, world, no, yeah,
1: no, no, there, there was, there was these. These other world characters that there were orcs and werewolves and stuff in that one. Um oh, that's right. But they it's just so so this this demo that they, they had here, they were discussing um one of one of them was like a uh an influencer, and he was trying to put his suggest to someone else that they should be an influence. She's like, No, no, I I tried this and, and I got shot down and I don't like I don't like you suggesting that I should be. Um, and then there was there was a lot of backstory introduced in this one. So they were saying that, um, what was it? So there's like six races now that have been widely recognised as as free-thinking races. And um, so the, the other two races weren't there. And it just felt a bit like if you were to apply that to a real-world situation, it would bring in elements of racism and people being mistreated simply because they're a different... A different race and stuff mm, like that, mm. and I think I think Coffee Talk does a really, really good way of presenting these real world problems in in ways that might seem unusual, but you can ultimately fully relate to them, and that's what that's what I really liked about it. And it seems to be going deeper with it this time.
0: Great. Oh, I can hear music in the background. I like it. Yeah,
1: the, the, yeah. the music's just started up again. Yeah,
0: good. That's all right. We like it.
1: Um, I think the last one that I played was a game called Harp Song. So this is by, let me get this right, it's by the National Film and Television School Games. So they look like they've got a, a gaming division now opening up. And this was the demo that I played was was very very pretty. I think that this is coming to. Um, consoles but it's it's a long way off is this one now.
0: Right.
1: Um but you're wandering through Ireland, so it's set in Republic of Ireland and it's all inspired by Irish mythology. Um so you, you're wandering through and it's very, very beautiful, like you get to see the Irish coastline and and stuff like that. But cool. then you get attacked by these tree-looking things, and I can't remember the name. of I it. Mean, the guy, the guy did it. But
0: yeah,
1: I'm not, I'm not as clued up on my Irish mythology, unfortunately. <laughs> but he was, he was saying this is going to be like a God of War style of game. So there was no combat in this demo, but he was saying, you know, we've we've just made a start on the combat now. And once we get that nailed down, then we can start building out the rest of the world so like i say, that's a long way off they've only, there's only two of them and they've been on it working on it for about eight months right so that one's a long way away but um yeah that one's definitely coming to consoles
0: that always really excites me when you meet the like um people who are really early in development in the national studio. i the last one i went to there's a whole sort of row of those kind of games that have you know just started something and they're yeah. just showing sort of a glimpse of an idea. And I, I, I think that's really exciting, especially when you see it three years down the line or something. Yeah,
1: yeah. you couldn't be at EGX 2024 and see it again. I can't yeah. remember this. Yeah. But he was immensely passionate about it. And I think it's, like I say, it's a long way off, but I'm going to, it's one to keep an eye out for. Great.
0: Great. Is that, they
1: it, were the main games that I got to play. Well, that's good.
0: What's that, a werewolf?
1: <laughs> some some kids laughing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, um, so... There
1: was just a, just a few other bits that I got to sort of see whilst I was mooching around today and yesterday. There was um, Crisis. They had four um, Crisis booths. Right. And um, yeah, that looked, the remaster looks absolutely incredible. I mean... I would argue that the crisis games don't really need remastering because they'll still more than look good enough by today's standards. Mm. But yeah, they look gorgeous. Cool. Um, I watched yesterday. I watched the 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 cosplay competition.
0: Oh! <laughs> Did you win?
1: I didn't know. I, I unfortunately I didn't enter. All right. I was I was sat in the audience. It was very bizarre though. There was. There was a, 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 quite a big crowd, to be fair, mm. all in there at three o'clock. And then three people came out in, in costume, and that was it. And he was like, you know, this is such a such a bad turnout. And oh, right. People it's... In, in cosplay that haven't, that haven't got up, but we need you here tomorrow. Wow. And I don't, don't want to, I mean, they weren't, <laughs> they weren't. very good, no. if I'm being oh. honest. Oh. There, was one, there was one that addressed dressed like Pyramid Head from uh, Silent Hill 2. Yeah. And I, I guess you could put a traffic cone on your head and do a better job.
0: Oh, no. Well, they've made a big effort. They've made an oh, effort. It yeah. turned out, haven't they? But yeah, I know and,
1: and immensely brave of them to get up on, yeah. on, on a stage and sort of do a catwalk and that, but the words,
0: yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> year. Yeah. I
1: watched I watched some of the esports yesterday. They have um daily Street Fighter five and, and Tekken seven tournaments. Oh. But for some reason the one that I were watching was Tekken ball. So you know the, the bowling minigame from the Tekken games.
0: Oh, God. Right, yeah. <laughs> and
1: yeah. I I don't know why it made me chuckle, but I was just like yeah, That's funny. If you're having beat 'em up esports, why are you concentrating on the, the bowling minigame?
0: Yeah. Like doing well, fishing, fishing like, in Final Fantasy or something.
1: Yeah, and then they had to, um, there's like a group of these, I think they're called shoutcasters, you know, they do all the commentary mm. and stuff. And they were trying to big up like, people competitively bowling in a video game.
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, a hard job what they're
1: doing there. They, they're, like, yeah. <laughs> but they, they seem to make it as exciting as it could be.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's a shame yeah, it's it was, not as busy. You know, for that atmosphere, it's not as busy. Like you haven't got all the cosplayers and you haven't got that. You know yeah it's, it's nice to it's, walk around but it's a bit yeah you miss that because you know a lot of the times they have massive sort of presentations all the time or shows you know and it's like they're, and
1: they're think, all still here right. which is the which is a really weird thing that all, all everything normal so I walk past um the Eurogamer team they're here today there's still the the outside Xbox team—they're doing the D and D stuff and everything. We've yeah. got talks on how to do cosplay costumes. One of the talks was said how to literally sew anything, <laughs> and uh, the the girl doing it was dressed like a maid from Final Fantasy, which which was one of the best cosplay I've seen wow. here. But um, she did she didn't she didn't enter the competition. I guess maybe she, she was unable to, but yes, yeah. she's a pro. Yeah. <laughs> but one Brilliant. thing that did make me laugh while I was here is um. There's a big uh, booth for Fall Guys, um, which you play Fall Guys, are not you?
0: Yeah.
1: And um, it's like a real, they they claimed it was like a real life game of Fall Guys. But I'm probably going to be showing our age a bit here. Do you remember the Travelator from Gladiators? (laughs) Yeah. It's just people running up that. I've spent a lot of time laughing at people (laughs) falling down.
0: So they've got a real travelator there and they're just doing that. Yeah, that's great. That's a great idea.
1: And they get to the top and collecting crowns and then there's a leaderboard and stuff. Oh,
0: that's good. That's
1: that's great. Provided a lot of fun.
0: Good. There's
1: there's a lot of um, people with keyblades, which I guess is because of the news that that Sora was going to be in Kingdom Hearts, Sora from Kingdom Hearts was going to be in. Super Smash Brothers but there's just so many people walking around with keyboards, mm-hmm. I'm, like, I'm I'm happy for them that they've got the man in Super Smash Brothers
0: yeah you're happy about that as well you'll be a big Kingdom Hearts person
1: I am and I'm, but I'm not a massive Super Smash Bros player I, I, I've i got it but I'm just absolutely pants at it why <laughs> I, I play it that much
0: well, Richard thank you for your um, in-depth EGX I like it it's like I could feel it I could almost be there I can hear it. I hear someone, a werewolf in the background, and a plane. Um, right, but now also before we we go back to Richard, we I interviewed um, Train Sim Train Sim World Two is the game that's very popular, and I think we re- we reviewed it first of all. I think I reviewed it, and they are releasing uh, Train Sim World Two Rush Hour, the London to Brighton event, and I got a one to one with uh, Matt, the the key development, and. uh, is this interview? Hi Matt, how you, do, how you doing? Yeah, very good, thank
2: you, Gareth. How are you?
0: I'm very good. I'm here with Matt Pedersen, and we're going to be talking about um, Train Sim World Two. And the first question I was going, what's a what is a new um, bit of DLC that's coming out? What's the what's the big addition?
2: So the latest piece of DLC coming out um, uh, very shortly is the London to Brighton line, um, the uh, very very famous line from London Victoria Station down to the uh, the seaside uh, station at Brighton um it's a very very busy line and uh, i think pretty much known by everyone around a lot of people around the world it's uh, it's fantastic
0: and so tell us about it because i'm a a londoner i live here so i've done that i've done that route quite a few times tell us about that kind of it's a very different because i've played the other i played similar to a lot of the dlc tell us about the um the rush hour and the kind of the challenges you had in making that because it's a very well there's a lot going on isn't it
2: well, I mean, above and beyond you know, mo- even most routes, um, this one is uh, stands out because of the sheer volume and variety of services that you've got on the line. So, you know, standing at the end of Platform 18 Victoria or something and you're looking out there and there's just constant activity and not small amounts of it. It's, um, you know, it's quite a busy, it's a big station and uh, there's a lot of trains moving in and around. And that kind of that theme carries on throughout the entirety of the 50 mile journey uh, between London and Brighton. Um, uh, so, I mean, the, the add-on comes with the electrostars, the 377 for Southern and the 387 for Gatwick Express. So you've got a variety there of um, sort of express, you know, not stopping very often traffic, and you've got the more commuter-oriented stopping frequently traffic. Um, but one of the challenges has been, well, how do you make Victoria actually really busy? Uh, because half of the station is made up by Southeastern, not Southern. Um, so. We already have a bunch of southeastern trains in the game and um, so we've, we've been able to create um quite a lot of additional ai only services which run up and down at small it's a small part of the route but you know from victoria just before they deviate off so it's on on, on the cusp of it you look at it like was it really worth doing they're there for like a mile um but actually that mile is what makes victoria busy um so actually there's a lot of traffic you see if you drive out of victoria you'll have three seven fives and four six fives coming in and out on the other lines it just really builds that feeling of right i mean i'm in the city now mm. I mean, this, this line is rush out all day you I know mean, the number of passengers obviously goes up and down throughout the day but trains wise this line just starts busy and gets busier um so um it's it's difficult to uh and that, that's been one of the challenges i mean the I think our busiest service mode, this is like the timetable mode where everybody, players can be in the world and they can um, see the trains moving around, drive what they want. Our busiest one today, I think, has had around 1,500 services in total, including all the AI. This one's got over 4,000. Wow. Yeah, so it's an, it's an order of magnitude, you know, it's a massive leap in terms of uh, the complexity, which has brought its own challenges in, in numerous respects. So the team have had to like memory and performance and just the logistics of creating something that complicated.
0: And how do you go about replicating the routes, stations, the trains? I know you can't, I know it's in detail, but if you if you take that route, do you, do you do it through photography, video? Do you, How do you start?
2: The short answer to that question is everything. Um, so we will use um, Google uh, Google Maps, Google Earth, and uh, that'll give us a really good overview. And actually, with the detail you can get, particularly the street view, it's phenomenal how much you can get um, from this stuff. So we'll get a lot of an idea of where things are at and what we particularly want to look at. We will look for cab ride videos. Again, there are a lot of cab ride videos on places like YouTube, uh, and we'll, we'll use those. And uh, cab ride videos tend to be used as much for, you know, the, uh, the scenic, what does the driver see? What are the key things? Mm the driver is seeing but also for <clears throat> excuse me for the um um the signaling and the technical aspects so what are the key th- where are the signals and what are, what shape are they because it's not just the case that all signals are just four lights or three lights one on top of the other they're actually all, all these different shapes and sizes and we try to try to replicate all of that as well so that if you watch a cab ride and watch the well, and play the game side by side there's, there's familiarity there uh, it's not going to replicate 100 because that couldn't be done. But you you will see that all the key elements are there and they you know they they're copied correctly. But if we can, we'll obviously go out on site. Now we've done this route previously many many years ago in our previous uh, train simulator classic, and uh, so we'd already had a lot of experience with this route. We've got people who live up and down this route who work um, on on the, who worked on the product. Um, so this is really one one of those routes that everybody's been. Itching to do it because it's kind of it's it's, it's a home route for many people mm. um, one of our engineers lives in Brighton got, the, the person who did the timetable lives around Croydon area so there's um you know there's there's a lot of uh, ownership of this route, you know people wanting to do a great job so we go out and do photo surveys um where we can uh which is obviously easier in the UK um and yeah we'll find anything and everything uh but it gets complicated for historic routes where you can't visit it anymore it's gone mm. But we'll use books and references. There's there's a way to solve all of these problems, uh, and it's just about um, the team have become really good at hunting down everything they can find, even if it overlaps. It might provide a camera angle, at a very subtle yet different position, which answers the question of, oh, that signal is actually behind that one, or that tree is not in where we thought it was. You know, so it answers all of these questions, so we can try and make it accurate.
0: Great, um, passengers um, AI. It's changed, isn't it? It's uh, you've you've done a, a lot of enhancements to that. Can you talk talk through some of that?
2: Certainly, yeah. So um, we wanted to make the, the we wanted to make the passengers more present. Uh, in previous editions, particularly on uh, console, um, the because of the performance of the console and the, the bad performance of the passenger system, we had to dial the numbers back. So it was actually limited to twenty passengers. Um, so when you, and that's that's not across the entirety of the route at all times but as you arrive at a station there'll be a maximum of 20 on that station essentially and that's still not great you know particularly when you're trying to replicate rush hour when that's barely a quiet evening um so one of the things we really wanted to do is how can we make that bigger um so we spent a lot of time optimizing the way the passengers move the way they're drawn the way they're rendered uh improving some of the internal systems in our unreal so that we can dial up the number of the quantity uh, without costing, without causing more uh, resource usage. So base consoles, the uh, Xbox One and PS4, have gone from 20 to 100, which is where the PC used to be at. And Whereas Gen 9, uh, the Gen 9 consoles like the uh, Series X, Series S, PS5 and the um, PC are now running at 200. So they're, everyone's seeing a quite a significant increase in terms of the volume of passengers. Uh, which means you, you' as you arrive at a platform you'll see there's more people getting on the train more people getting off the train we looked at all of the um the, we have these things called curves on the uh, on the route every station has a curve that says at these times of day how likely is a passenger to get on a train how and how likely are they to get off a train so you can have shifting flow patterns in the morning everyone is travelling generally into london in the evening they're traveling generally out of london so we can model those curves. And what we found when we reviewed them is we had we'd done them too conservatively previously. So we made them all bigger, basically, mm. um, so that actually you will find many more people get on trains, many more people get off trains. So it feels a lot more active and things are moving around a lot more. The other thing we did was as you increase the number of passengers, it then becomes even more painfully obvious than it was before. They're all the same. Well, not all the same, but near enough, there, weren't that, there wasn't that much variety. And so we wanted to find out what we what could we do to make uh, to reduce, improve the variety. So one of the things we did was colouring, we we'll call palatization, which is uh, you might have the same person with a t-shirt. Now previously that t-shirt would just be represented in the way the artist originally modelled that t- uh, designed that t-shirt. Well, with palatization, it can now have any one of a large number of different colours. So all of a sudden, that one character with the T-shirt has now 15, 20, 30 different characters, essentially, and they don't look the same. Combine that with different color trousers. And there's rules applied to this. So you don't get bizarre combinations of colors. Jeans will be various shades that are relevant to jeans. Um, but it means that you get these combinations. We added some additional clothing types as well because um, we identified them. When we reviewed them, it's one of these things you look back and you know, like, you realise that we've not got any skirts or dresses on any of the female <laughs> characters. How did we manage that? So we've added skirts and dresses onto some other the female characters, which again contributes to the variety. Uh, and all of the new stuff that supports the palatization as well. In addition to the colours, we looked at patterns as an- another way of breaking up the variety. So that now you'll find some of the clad like, T-shirt might now have s- some of them have stripes. Some will be plain, some of them spots, some parts on them. You know, all sorts of different varieties of things that you can find. And you combine all of those things out, actually, it becomes much harder to see the same character over and over again, essentially, which really, really helps on that. And then the final thing that really came out as we dialed up the numbers of passengers was they're all walking in a straight line. They really were following this arrow straight line like a marching band. And you could kind of see it before in certain circumstances, but now it was painfully obvious. So the team spent a bunch of time reworking the ai algorithm for the way the way they choose their path previously it was literally just i want to go from point a to point b what's the line between the two follow the line um whereas now they will follow the line but they will follow approximately the line Mm. uh, which means that as you see passengers getting off a train and they're all going to the exit they're kind of milling in a much wider area filling the space out which contributes to the whole place feeling a lot busier so kind of those those areas of improvements to the passengers uh, are really about you know what we've done to Im- improve that.
0: Great, great, and um, final couple of questions really. And um, what's the future now for Train Sim World Two? Is it what are you look? Can you talk about what you're thinking about next? What would you like to do?
2: So we announced a while back that we're looking at steam engines. <clears throat> uh, there's been a lot of demand for steam engines um, as being sort of like obviously missing from a train simulation. Uh, steam engines are really complicated. Um, they work very differently to the diesels and electrics are sort of there's, there's some commonality between the two in fact many diesels that you see are actually diesel electric so there's there's more commonality even in there um steam engines are just a different beast entirely and they're much much more complicated to simulate and at the level of detail we go to with our semi-graph simulation system um it become it's it's important to capture all of that nuance so we're working on that at the moment uh, we don't have any dates for when that stuff is uh, is going to be coming um but uh, yeah, it does answer the question people have asked us a lot about: is it coming? The answer is yes. Um, trying to think what else is there's, there's nothing else that we really um, that we're really able to talk about at the moment in terms yeah. of plans. We do want to sort of follow on from what we've done, and you know, we've we've beefed up the timetables and beefed up the um, uh, the passengers, and we want to kind of continue that theme. Sort of a number of questions people have asked me about. Um, is rush hour a one, one hit thing, and then it goes the way it was previously, or do we carry on? And the idea is that really rush hour kind of sets a theme going forward. So where you know wherever it's relevant, obviously, if you do a sleepy backwater branch line, you don't want to see thousands of passengers. Um, but if you're doing another big city line, it should still feel like rush hour. So we st- rush hour is kind of like, a we've now stepped up the tech, we've stepped up what we can do, and the team have stepped up for it. Yeah. So this is how we want to do it going forwards.
0: Do you know what my vision is for Trains in the World, and this has probably happened in about the 10 years time when the consoles can do it, is that you can go anywhere in England and pick up any line on any train and go, you know. anywhere.
2: Uh, totally. I want to go anywhere in the world, frankly. That,
0: yeah, go. No. You
2: know, it's um, it's it's an amazing thing. There's so much um, variety in terms of what you can do uh, around the world uh, and some of the interesting trains and systems and scenery. Some of the scenery on the railways is beautiful. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm completely with you on that. I'd love that. I need some bigger consoles pieces.
1: <laughs> Massive consoles, yeah.
0: And my last question is, what's your favourite, right, if you had to pick a favourite train journey, have you got one in your head?
2: So um, in the real world or in the game?
0: In the real world.
2: In the thought, real world. Yeah. So many years ago now, I was uh, fortunate. I got to go on a, a rail tour, steam rail tour uh, from Bristol to um, Kingsway, um in the south and um, it was just glorious, it was gorgeous, absolutely beautiful ride. Um, and then on the ride back again, and we were able to, we were actually in the coach right behind the, the locomotive as well, which was Broughton, um, which was, you know, so it meant that, as well as great views, the sounds were incredible because we were right next to that that machine um, making all of the noise that steam engines make. It was, pretty, it was really amazing. So that's probably one of my favourite journeys that uh, I've ever taken.
0: Great. Matt, thank you so much. Now, when is the game out? When can we get the... When can we get this on console?
2: Uh, London Brighton comes out on the 7th of October.
0: 7th of October. Brilliant. Matt, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. And good luck with the, uh, the new bit of DLC. Thank, thank you. you. Cheers. Thank you, well, there you go. Very nice guy. Very enthusiastic. He knows what he's talking about. Of course, he does as a training person. Um, Richard, back to you now. Before... Before we go... Before we go what? What games have you been playing apart from being at EGX? <laughs> Maybe just pick one. One game each, I think. That'd yeah, you I mean apart year.
1: from all these games that I've been playing? At yeah. EGX.
0: What have you been um, doing for the site? What have you been working for?
1: I have just finished my review for Lost Judgment, oh. which is the, the sequel to Judgment, the, the Yakuza spin off. And I I had very mixed feelings on it, if I'm being brutally honest. Really? Maybe I'm just being hypercritical, but. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I mean, I say I'm being hypocritical. I've still given it four stars, which might, which Neil might read it and be like, oh, maybe this should be three and a half. Right. Um, but yeah, the, the story was nowhere near as good as the original judgment, and it just felt it just felt a bit lacking in in a, in a lot of places.
0: Right. I guess that story's got to be really good, isn't it? Because you're, you know, my meagre experience of playing it. What the hell is that? Um,
1: I I don't know what that one was. I'm not even aware of it.
0: Okay. Um, The meagre experience of playing, it's it's pretty much story, isn't it? You know, it's a lot of cut scenes and that's got to, it's got to entice you, isn't it? Otherwise, you know. Why did it entice you enough for this time?
1: I just think so, there was a lot of stuff that the main character was doing that I was like, oh, really? Should he be doing that? So I think in the first game, his decisions and his and his actions were were all morally right and I didn't have an issue with them. In this one, he has to... He's, he's been tasked with investigating bullying that goes on in school, which is, is fair enough, but then he goes round and starts beating up the kids <laughs> himself. What? Yeah. What do you mean? No, that's that's. I mean, he literally. Some of the kids, some of the kids, he'd, he'd met them before. He'd met them the day before, and they were harassing um, a restaurant owner. Right. So he decides to beat them up there, and then he bumps into him again in school, and and this that. I mean, it, in a way, it's self-defense, but yeah. <laughs> and then, and then one of the teachers hold is holding some key information, and and he just won't leave her alone. It's like. He goes to the staff room to find her, he goes to her classroom to find her and, and find she she's not willing to give the the information and I'm just like she probably just leave it. And <laughs> I, I just I just had a few I had issues with some of his his actions this time.
0: His moral choices, yeah.
1: Yeah. And then he gets a job at the school and suddenly he has to stop beating the kids up. It's all a bit weird this time. More <laughs> weird than normal.
0: My advice would be: don't give him the job. If he's beating the kids up, you don't give him the job. Doesn't get yeah, past I the mean, interview stage.
1: Who's employing this guy? In yeah.
0: Now? Wow. Oh, well, that's a shame. You love your um, Yakuza. It's kind of weird, isn't it? Because they've got the Yuki- have they got the Yakuza main game. Then they've got yeah. Lost Judgment, and then they've got like a Dragon, have not they? Is that because like a Dragon might be getting a sequel? I think I read this week. Uh, yeah, like
1: the Dragon yesterday because the two main guys that were responsible for the Yakuza franchise have both left the studio as of uh, probably yesterday or today Um, and it's sort of in this big announcement they said you know this this studio has been going 10 years now um, but it's time for a bit of a change they sort of did say that we're working on a Like a Dragon sequel right which shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone because it was a very very good game but that's so the Yakuza games are going to be turn-based combat going forward, whereas if, if Lost Judgment does get a sequel, that's going to be that's going to be the brawler-based franchise going forward. Right.
0: Okay. Good. Um, I have been playing. I've only just started this, so I'm not. Gonna, I've been playing lots of games I can't talk about yet, but I've been playing Far Cry Six. I've done a couple of hours oh, in.
1: I was going to ask you about.
0: Um, it's it's kind of a weird one. I looked at you know it's got some good reviews, but it's got people really hating on it as well. I think people have been sort of slagging off the sort of Ubisoft way of making games. You know, obviously it's yeah. it's a formula and it's kind of like, you know, um, it's I really I'm enjoying myself with it. I think it's really good fun. The Fire Cry stuff are always good fun, and I've kind of played. I've enjoyed the the sort of not so good ones. I enjoyed the BC one. I've, I really had a good time with that. <laughs> um, and Fire Cry Five, I, I enjoyed. So it's I know what they mean about you kind of know what you're doing you're settling into this format you know this open yeah. world the good news is i've got this whole new weapon system that's quite complicated but it's like you can really make lots of like attachments you've got rocket boosters on your back um your little allies are great you know the first hours i've got the crocodile with me it's brilliant um just attacking everyone um and it's far cry you're it's kind of like you go on these missions they're kind of Mad that the combat feels really fun and interesting, but it is that format. And I think, like, you haven't played in Far you Richard.
1: No, oh, you have a great no, time, no.
0: yeah. So, you could get, get into this and have a great time. I think it'd be fun. I think, yeah. I think, I think there is a, I think, there is something with Ubisoft when they people do feel the games start to look the same, they start to feel the same, you know, and but you know. It's the same with the Call of Duty franchise. It's the same with these franchises, you know. Same with Assassin's Creed, you know. That's has a, you know, Assassin's Creed have tried to, you know, adapt things a bit. It it doesn't look, it looks good. It doesn't look like a this gen game to me. Okay. Rather than Assassin's did at the moment. Remember, I'm only early in, and it's really weird because like when you download it, you download the main game, and then you have to download an HD pack. That's another 26 gigs. So they haven't got Ray Traces, but they've got a high-definition pattern in the consoles. So I think it's a game that's really straddling both, you know, the Xbox One. I think it will run probably on the Xbox One the same as it does on the Series X. You know, I don't think there's a yeah. major difference. Um, but yeah, I'm enjoying it. So It's good. It's really good. It's good fun. It makes you laugh. Yeah. yeah. So I would advise you to get it. Um, now, before we go, Richard, um, what are you looking forward to next week?
1: Um, I don't know whether it's next week or the week after. I suspect it's next week. Uh, there's um, a new game coming out on Switch called Dungeon Encounters, oh. which I am just going to try quickly try and find okay. the, the name of the guy that's directing it because he is he's basically responsible for the active time battle. Uh, the Active Time Battle system in Final Fantasy and he's directed Final Fantasy Six and Final Fantasy Nine. His name is Hiroyuki Ito.
0: Okay, great.
1: He's devised this new game called Dungeon Encounters, which is basically going back to a turn based system, uh, but it's proper minimal. So it's just base it's just the numbers, it's really basic.
0: Oh, I've seen this, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Exactly. But it it look, looks interesting, doesn't yeah.
1: Yeah, for me that's that's ideal. There's none of this extra stuff. I don't even think there's much animation. It's yeah. just really
0: minimal game, isn't it? Yeah, I've yeah. seen it, yeah. Um oh, that looks good. Um if, I'm laughing because 'cause you've got this music in the background. Sounds like you're in a shopping mall. Um <laughs> <It feels Do-do-do-do-do-do. laughs> well, uh, Yeah, uh, back to Bloodsat next week. I think that would be good to have a go at. Oh yeah. And I think we should all have a go at that at some point. Good, um, the four-player thing. I think that's on the twelfth on Game Pass. Um, Richard, now before you go, what are you going to do for your rest of your couple of hours? You're there. What's the next thing you're going to go and do? Shopping.
1: I, I think it is going to be shopping time. Yeah. yeah right.
0: Is that bar still there? Yeah, there's a really weird bar in the corner of a room. <laughs> oh, I've not seen any. Uh, maybe I've got this mixed around with another one. But yeah, there was always a little bar that looked like the saddest bar in the world. There was always one person sitting <laughs> looking depressed. <to> <laughs>
1: Like, I might be in that bar now. <laughs> <You're
0: there>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Richard, now if we want to speak to you about ETX or anything else, what can we? what can we get hold of you?
1: Uh, I'm on Twitter at bubba
0: 1912 brilliant thank you Richard so much for doing this and being the sort of like you're carrying the weight
1: of this podcast
0: with <laughs> all the information it's
1: been good fun
0: great thank you so much and you can find me on GB Bradley at Twitter and Twitch but for now next week we've got the 100th episode that we've got to think about oh, there be giveaways everything else in the episode, so tune in and uh, we'll see you next time bye 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 You've been listening to the official podcast of the xboxhub.com. You'll be able to find all the notes of this show at com slash podcast. You can also check out our social feeds on Instagram and Twitter at the Xbox Hub and search the Xbox Hub on Facebook.